what's going on? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast. Hey, everybody. We're in December already. Yeah, we are. It's the last month of the year, and I'm 28 years old now. Where did my youth go? Where did it go? I don't know. I'm getting old. Okay, that's enough for me, but we got a great episode for you guys today. Before we jump in, I thought I want to spank our... Ah, spank our sponsor. No, I do not want to spank them. I want to thank our sponsor, which is Manscaped. So, yes, it is the Christmas season. It is the holiday season. It's the holiday season. Yeah. Okay, or whatever the song goes. And, of course, you're trying to find stuff for your loved ones and show them that you like them, that you care about them. Show your love for them with some good stuff. Okay, not like that, but you might be trying to say, look someone and be like, hey, I care about you. And I care about your boys down there. I want to make sure that you feel good, look good. I want to make sure that you're taken care of down there. That's where Manscaped comes in. The best care for your boys down there below the belt grooming, Manscaped has it. They have many holiday offers for your many holiday bundles that you can get. That will include the Lawnmower 4.0 with its skin safe technology. It's gonna, you know, not gonna give you those nick cuts when you're shaving your boys down there. The last thing you wanna do is you shave down there and feel like going like yeah, you do not want to do that. So go to manscaped.com, go show that someone that you care about them, pick up some for Manscaped. That's a great Christmas gift. Use the code CPP to get 20% and free shipping on your entire order. Thank you, Manscaped, description of the podcast. None of our future presentations. So, thanks, Mr. Cody Frayne from Ascent Like Wolves and Theory Records. Ryan from the band Aphasia is here with us today. Ryan is a little sick on this one, you know, just feeling a lot under the weather, but he pulled it out. He, he's a big trooper, and I want to thank Ryan for stopping by. Uh, we talk about the band. We talk about... Their LP Rebirths came out last year. We talk about their brand new single Afterlife came out this year in October. We talk about its deep meaning, why they wrote the way they did. We go deep into the emotion and how that emotion is brought out through this song. We also talk about some crazy wackies around social content, what they're doing around social content to make sure that they're continuing to stay in the zeitgeist of culture within metal and within their fans as time goes on to make sure, you know, they're still relevant and we come with an idea for a uh, for a Bucky sponsorship. Yeah, we do that. So please, please welcome Ryan to the podcast from the band Aphasia. Are you guys ready? Let's go! Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. I want to thank our buddy Cody Frayne of Ascent Like Wolves because he's been bringing us so many great bands since 2021. And he sent me this one, and I'm like, okay, let's check it out. Let's see what happens. I mean, I saw it was modern metalcore as a sound like, this is my kind of shit. So, boom, it was a no-brainer. We're bringing him on the podcast. The band's most recent single, Afterlife, is out now for you to check out, but I've also seen that they're going to be getting recording more stuff before the end of the year. So, please welcome Ryan from the band Aphasia to the podcast. So, Ryan, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. How are you? I am doing all right, sir. I mean, my energy level is up. I'm letting the adrenaline fly with me. How have you been, my man? I'm going to feed off your energy level because I'm still sick. (laughs) I mean, even though it's you're, you know, in New York, I'm here in Wisconsin, even though it's further away, you know, it's going to be like that visual camera, you know, just giving the energy, just going, wah, something like that. I mean, that's the best I can do right now. That's perfectly fine. 
that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to roll with. But jumping into it just right away, I mean, again, you guys came out the Afterlife. I saw that you guys have more new music like they're going to be start working on, especially before the end of the year. So musically, how has everything been going for you guys? Like, what's the reception been from the new single? On top of that, just how has everything been, ah, how has everything been going for the band as of late? It's been really good. I don't think there's any complaints. Um, we saw a lot of trend, like a, a lot of upward trend when our record came out last year. Um, so we put our first record out last year in September, um, and that did a lot better than any of us expected it to. Um, and now going into Afterlife, it seems to be really well received. Um, so like I said, I don't think there, we have any complaints. And that's a good thing to not really have any complaints. And well, think about it too. There are so many people, so many bands, so many artists that are trying to make it to the point where, especially from you releasing your first LP last year and exceeding expectations more than anyone else in the band could have imagined to the point where now, you know, you're still seeing that success following the release of Afterlife. There are other artists and bands and groups that would be just dying and clamoring to have the success that you guys have had over the past year and a half. I guess that's fair. Um, we're obviously not the biggest band out there, but uh we're pretty appreciative of the small fan base that we've grown you know over the time that we've been a band Un yeah again understandable and every band would have to start again at that every band starts out at the same point where you're a brand new band you form it's like okay this is cool but you've got no fans to start out with everyone starts out at zero and there are some people that make it you know that level that metallica is at level that bring me the horizons at and there's people that just metal and like you know you look at their Spotify monthly listener count, even though I hate to bring it up, but you look at that account. Some people metal around like that 100, 200. It's like, that's all they ever really get to. Maybe because their heart's not fully in it. Maybe it's just a side project kind of thing. But for you guys to, you know, at least cultivate a fan base that you guys have and to receive and to get, you know, your music to be received so positively, even more so than you guys even ever expected, especially with the first LP and now with Afterlife. I mean, you're doing so much better than probably, you know, 95% of the bands out there. But of course, we're all, it's like everyone always looks at, you know, the bands are in that like top one or 2% that are, that's always going to be the focus. Yeah, for sure. It's hard to measure success, especially in a genre like this. It's very overpopulated. There's a lot of saturation. Oh yeah, there is. I mean, in music anywhere though, in any genre, there's going to be a lot of saturation. And that's just because of the way the internet is. That's the way that music is able to get out there. You're able to put your stuff, anything on Apple Music, on Spotify, on SoundCloud. And there's so many artists that are trying to get so much, like just, there. every artist, the pool is bigger, but the attention, the supply of attention has is the same that it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago based on just the people that are around the music scene. So with so many other artists and supply being smaller, it's everyone's fighting for that's the same people. So you got to stand out in a different way than any other, anybody else. Just that competition is a lot greater. Yeah, for sure. I think there's a lot of competition just in today. I, I guess the way that streaming has kind of changed the music industry where it's hard, uh, you know, there's like Spotify's, redoing playlists every friday there's new music coming out every single week so trying to stay afloat in like a constant stream of music is very hard to do how have you guys been trying to do that and been able to do that especially after the release of the first lp rebirth and then of course with the release of afterlife back in october what has been your guys's plan and your goal in order to make sure that when it comes to staying in the cultural relevance of the spotify streams and the playlist and everything like that what has been your process to make sure that you guys have stayed there? It's kind of hard, actually. Um, we were really surprised at how long 
um our record kind of like kept growing because like i said it's hard to stay relevant in like a you know a scene that's constantly basically refreshing itself every week um i think the biggest part is just like running ads and posting engaging content stuff that if you're not putting music out obviously every friday every other week you know like you have at least stuff that's engaging people you're running ads and you're getting new followers in that time from music that's already out i think i guess it's just like learning how to strategically run ads and sustain something rather than just like pushing something new out and kind of i guess sustaining growth off of what's already out there and necessarily you know sustaining growth at the same time as well by continuing to give the fan base and giving everybody else more to latch on to than that's just the music and that's just something that I've, I've talked to a lot of people about this and that's just the way that the music industry has gone especially after the pandemic given the prominence on social media it's like as a band or as an artist the focus isn't just on the music anymore you can't just release a song or release a record go on tour and then you know expect success to come off of there it's in with all the competition that's out there with how many artists are buying for everyone's attention. You have to find another way to stick out, especially on social media. So if you guys are continually running ads to the point where people are still being able to discover your music, even after it's released. And when the scene refreshes itself every single week with, you know, new music Friday, all those playlists refreshing with all the new songs that are coming out, all the new albums that are coming out. And on top of that, during the week, when people are still on their phones, on their devices, on their computers, more so, you know, paying attention on online than they are in the real world. If you're able to still have some sort of content there that is engaging, that is fruitful, that's not just throwaway and just you can, can be told, okay, you know, they're just putting this out there to put this out there. No, if it's engaging, if it's something that's going to draw the attention in there, that's going to keep people's mindsets onto a page. It's going to keep their mindsets onto you. It's going to continue to make you more relevant as time goes on. And the best bands right now are the ones that are doing that. And I'm thinking like, especially in the scene right now, think about Ice Nine Kills with all the stuff that they put out. They put out a new merch line still every single month regarding some sort of other horror movie idea that they come up with. Bad Omens is always putting out stuff. Silent Planet, Avoid is always putting out the most ridiculous stuff I've seen on the air. And I'm just like, okay, now this is funny. But it's something that's bringing more attention in there. So if you guys are able to continue to do that, then that's going to be something that's going to, like you said, with Rebirth just constantly climbing the charts every single week as you guys were and just kept getting more of those streams by continuing to post engaging content and continue to remind people through ads that, hey, this music exists, go check it out. You're continually having a chance to get that attention more so than if you just put it out and did nothing else after that. Yeah, for sure. I agree. It's a lot about like building a sense of community, finding your niche, and I guess seeing like what works for your band really so when it comes to like especially content what has worked for you what has specifically worked for you guys i'm always interested to hear kind of everybody's take on that and everyone's mindset around that because it's always going to be different based off of the personality of the band and of each person within that band i don't i don't know if we can really pinpoint it to be honest um we do a lot of personable stuff where it's just kind of like us like interacting like questions like from you know listeners and kind of engaging with people that way um i know i personally do um i started doing a real series on instagram and tiktok um and that's just kind of like playing through sections of my favorite songs like my favorite sections i guess of songs of ours and instead of just like throwing out a cover and being like hey here's like this song you should listen to it. it's got like i include like a pretty decent size like um breakdown of something fun about the song like what it's about 
lyrical content, how the song came together, just like some kind of fun fact that I guess kind of puts you onto like the inside of like where the songs came from or how they got from like here to there and ended up what they are, stuff like that. I think it's cool to do stuff like that because it, it's like more personable. You know more, you know what I mean? It's you know more and you feel like you're more of a part of the band because if you were just doing the exact same thing, but say you were just posting covers. So say if you were playing something like, okay, you're going to play your favorite part of Shadow Moses by Bring Me the Rise and you're going to play your favorite part of Wasted Age by We Came as Romans. Yeah, that's cool and all and that's going to still bring attention to you guys, but it's going to be something where when people think about that song and they think of, and they hear the cover, they're not going to necessarily be thinking about you. They're going to be thinking about the original. They're going to be about the band that originally made it. With the content that you're creating with those TikTok, with those Instagram reels, when it comes to you going through your songs, showing you know the playthroughs of those songs, and then giving more insight, giving more background into it, it allows people to consume the song in a whole different way. It allows people to think about it in a whole different way. And it is much more engaging where you're not going to get maybe as much attention off it right away because you know the songs aren't going to be as well known as some of those other bigger ones by some of the biggest bands that you'll be doing covers. However, it's not going to be, the content's going to be more, I would say wholesome and more genuine and not necessarily hollow and for the likes. Yeah, it allows people to connect more, I think. Oh yeah, and especially if you guys are talking about stuff that's going to be much more personal, that's going to go deeper into, you know, not only your mindset, but allow people to go deeper into their mindset and their thoughts and their feelings and their emotions. That's going to be content they're going to want to engage with because not only is that bringing them more into your world, but it's allowing them to bring themselves more into them, into their own, into their own world anyway. Yeah, I agree. So I'm even trying to think like what other kind of content has done that in the past, but, and there's just like, to kind of give an example of, you know, content that's done that in the past and has really worked well. I'm trying to think one off the top of my head, but now I'm blanking. Just a big old brain fart moment right there. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Of course, I come up with something like, I think it's going to be potentially profound and awesome. And then all of a sudden, my brain just starts to buffer. And it's like, uh. That's like what my brain does all the time. <laughs> Dude, whenever that happens to me, usually I have like this certain face that I make when it's, you know, I just have this brain buffering moment. Like, I'm trying to think of something, but my brain just freezes and I just look like. Yeah, that that's me pretty much all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't happen when you guys are writing music. It's just like, okay, I got this cool part. Fuck, I, I lost spend, it. I get lost writing all the time. And then I have like something cool and then I get lost in like some really dumb idea and then I end up like ruining everything. Do you ever get lost and able to come back to the idea and reconstruct it and make it into something potentially even better? Uh, I want to say no just for, well, I guess I have one instance of that, but no usually because first I have like this weird sixth sense thing where, um, I start writing and I don't I I think I'm like really different from a lot of people in this but like I don't like write a bunch of random riffs and just like throw them around my computer and come back to them when I have more ideas for them I like sit down and try to write a song so I'll start to write like I'll just kind of like screw around and like play some riffs and stuff and try to get something at least that I like and basically by the time I get like 40 seconds into like 40 seconds of audio if i'm not like in love with it i just delete it i don't even save it or anything um so most times i just don't have the chance to come back and be like yeah i should fix this like because most stuff like either gets used immediately or it disappears forever 
Um, but there is one song. It's actually kind of funny that it is this song. Um, one of the songs on Rebirth um, was actually, I think it was the last one that I wrote for the record, is something I, I had started writing this song and that was kind of a thing. I had like had this thing and I was really stoked about it for a while. And then I got stumped and then I was like, I, I don't even like this. So I scrapped it and I went back like way later during the writing process. Like I said, this is like the last song. And I pulled that somewhere from the depths of my computer out and like changed the key. And it ended up being like the most stream, like the highest stream, most successful song on the record, which is kind of funny because that was a song that like literally almost didn't make it. That's a couple of things around that one. I really don't know anyone else that writes that sort of way where it's, you know, the full song idea. But if you're not feeling it after 40 seconds, then just like completely just, okay, I'm trashing this and that's it. I mean, there's a lot of times people will save stuff and come back to it. I think it was even uh, from an interview that David Lee Roth did with Joe Rogan, like how he talked about how Eddie Van Halen came up with six different solos for songs. And then it was like, okay, he took parts of them that he wanted in each section. And then he somehow constructed the solo or like a, like a Frankenstein style solo off of that, where it seems like for you, it'd be like, okay, if you're not feeling it right away, you know, you're going to just, you know, I'm going to put it here. I'm going to throw it away and I'm going to try something new. It's, it's, it's all about, you know, the different creative process for different people. It's every, everyone's mind's going to work differently. Everyone's going to flow with it differently. And everyone's going to just go about it their own way because everyone's creative brain works differently. That's just the way life is. So for you to work in that kind of style, if that works out for you, absolutely go for it. And I've also heard plenty of other stories too, where bands, you know, they scrap ideas and they come back to them sometimes, or it's like, okay, we're going to come back to this. It's like the last song on the record might be not the one they're most, you know, most excited about, but all of a sudden they release it and the fans just go like ape crazy goo goo gaga over. And it's like, this is the best song in the world. It's like a process that I just started doing with that record. Um, Every song that, every song that we actually wrote for that record got used because we didn't just like do half songs and scrap them or like write ideas on scrap them. Like every full song that we wrote for the record got used. <laughs> that That is something that's even more rare too. Cause there's plenty of times I hear bands like, Oh yeah, we wrote like 20 songs or 30 songs for this record. Only like five or like 10 or 11 of them got used. And then you're always wondering what happened to the other ones. Like where did the other ones go? We kind of want to hear the other ones, especially if the album is damn good. You, you like the fans are always curious and then sometimes bands release them it's like okay these are really good like this could be another great like b-side or like an extended version then you hear some of them you're just like yeah now i know why they got uh scrapped and put on the back burner yeah writing like really stresses me out it takes a lot out of me so i don't i have a really hard time writing a lot of times so i try to make like the most of it and just like sit down and write a record not like write 80 songs and pick the best ones it's just what works for me if i sat and just wrote like a hundred songs i would probably mentally implode <laughs> is there a reason why it stresses you out especially you know being a songwriter yourself and that being a, such an important process of being a musician I'm, I'm just really curious to see how your mind's working on this i just i don't know i hold myself to like a relatively high standard so like i said like if there's like songs that like i start writing and i'm just like not really into just like not feeling if i'm not feeling it now i'm probably not going to feel it later so i just throw it <laughs> okay that makes sense because even from another aspect too i've, I've mentioned this to other bands while well, i'll hear them talk about this but this is kind of one thing i've understood where 
when it comes to songs, if you guys are writing them as an artist and you're not feeling them, but then say you're not feeling them, but okay, you know, we're pressured to put them on the record or it's like, say you have a record, you have to have the record done by this time. And it's just, a, you know, the song is pretty much complete. So you just roll with it, but you're not as excited about it. Then you're not going to not want to push that song at all. That energy is going to come across when people hear it and the fans aren't really going to follow along with it because the energy from you guys just isn't there. So it makes a lot of sense to the point where, you know, from your your aspect, from your mindset, you want to be excited about these songs. You want to have your, you know, personal energy thriving. You want to have that adrenaline rush inside you while you're working on these songs, while you're creating these songs, so that by the time the process is over, you're still that energized about them. You're energized to work with those songs upon release to get more people to listen to them. And then in a live setting, you're bringing the energy playing that song. And then we're in the crowd, you know, or I'm in the crowd at least, pushing people around and throwing shows at people because mosh pit woo <laughs> yeah i i think there's been a lot of there's a couple of records that we just kind of like thrown random songs on and like there's like easily songs that i can look back on certain records that we put out and just been like yeah i don't i don't really like that at all but with the new album that we put out and I guess moving forward since then, like there's, I don't feel like that about any of those, you know, those songs on that album. I, I genuinely love our album rebirth more than I love myself. Very proud of it. <laughs> it's it's good to have that pride and through seeing that energy and that pride come through. And I know you're like, I know you're sick right now, but you can like, when you're talking about rebirth and you're talking about those songs and I'm like, there's just like, you can see the smile on your face too. So I can tell the energy is there. I can tell the passion is there. And even on the earlier releases as well, with songs that you look back on, you're like, yeah, I'm just not feeling those or I just don't care for those. That's just, you know, kind of part of the growing process as well. And that's part of just the growing pains of any band to go through where there's some songs you might be really excited about, but you're going to end up losing some luster on them. And I'll use I'll use Bad Omens as an example to the point where, you know, right after they released The Death of Peace of Mind, they were going on all those. Oh, they were, they were touring a bunch with, you know, they had the uh, tour with Under Oath after Every Time I Died uh, broke up. They toured with In This Moment. Then they toured with uh, <laughs> A Day to Remember. And it was like you looked at the line, you looked at like the lineup for those uh, or the set list for those. Everything was off a of death of peace of mind, except for the last two songs were always Limit and Throne. They played nothing off of their original record because it's just like, well, they don't really associate it with it that much. I know on the headlining tour that they're doing, they're playing some songs off it, which is cool because like, I like some of those songs, but if you're not going to be as energized about some of those songs, it's, you know, that's just part of the growing pain of being in a band. It's a part of growing up. Yeah. That's how we are now. Um, ever since our album came out last year, we pretty much only played those songs live. I think we played like one or two really really old ones and you know kind of thrown in the mix but yeah it's mostly just like new tracks again understandable you want to put on the best show possible and if you guys are totally into rebirth you're totally into that and now with afterlife being released as well if you throw that one in the mix and you guys are as energized about that the fans are going to want to like they might want to see some of those or hear some of those older songs but the fact of the matter is even like I'll use the Bad Omens example, even though the three times or the, yeah, the three times I've seen them this year, but this is before I get to go see them in the Concrete Jungle tour. I have not heard anything from the original album. I've heard the only friend from the uh, second album. I've only heard Limits into, into Throne. That was it. But I don't like, I'm not thinking about those shows remembering the lack of songs that from the original record. I remember just the fun times and just the energy that the crowd had, that the band had. And just the positivity that radiated through there at that time. So with you guys only playing songs really off of Rebirth and maybe Afterlife now as well. If you guys are bringing the energy, if you guys are bringing the enthusiasm, the adrenaline is top notch <laughs> when you guys are playing. 
That's what fans are going to remember most. That's what they're going to remember. That's what they're going to keep their attention on. And when they go home and think about the next day or post on social media, they're going to remember the energy, the passion, just that adrenaline rush they got when seeing you guys play and listening to you guys play instead of, oh, I wish they played this. Yeah, for sure. It's not look like like a slumpy old squibber like, sure. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. You're like coughing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, man. I can't help it. I'm just being like my normal wacky ass self. So, oh no, yeah. you're good. So, so now it's like because you're talking about live shows, playing that we were just talking about for a little bit. What's a live show for aphasia like? Because I want to know because you know, listening to the songs, listening to especially Afterlife, I'm listening to this and I'm wanting to go smashy, smashy, mashy, mashy. So, what's it like at an aphasia live show? Come on, man, get me hyped up. Is energetic for sure. Uh, we open with a really, really energetic song that pretty much doesn't stop energy throughout. So, <coughs> sorry. Um, we open with a heavy song and then immediately follow it up with like an even heavier song. So it's like really heavy, really high energy, like out of the gate. Um, we usually take like a break for Jake to talk so I can change guitars and tune and whatnot. And then we pick, we usually throw some of the more melodic, like not lighter songs, but the more melodic, like catchier songs, like the sing along ones, I guess. Throw some of those in. And then typically we end with uh, the song Recover. It's the one that ends the album. And that has always felt like the perfect ending. So it's the end of the set. It's the end of the album. It just trails out really well. Um, so yeah, I guess just a lot of it's a, it's a lot of energy, a lot of energy, a lot of passion, and especially coming from like you know me, I love concerts. I love going to those shows, and I always draw like if the band's bringing a lot of energy, if the band's excited, if the band is having a good time up there. Then, of course, we're going to feel that in the crowd as well. And especially being a music lover yourself, going to probably, you know, over hundreds and 200s and 300s of concerts in the past. Like, you can understand that as well. And with you guys starting out, you know, we're going to go high energy. We're going to go heavy to start out with. And then we're going to go even heavier for the second one. Yeah, people are going to be feeling that. They're going to go nuts. You also, you know, if you you can always keep that energy level up. But even if you go to some of the more locks up and dip it down more, more you know, melodic, sing-along kind of feel. Yeah, that can be worth it as well. But it all has to flow within the energy of the show. And it seems like you guys really understand that. So then you end with recover. So it's like everyone's like, ah, okay, we get a little bit of that. We can still go smashy, smashy. Uh, don't get, don't get confused. During the like the lighter songs, there's still breakdowns. It's still heavy. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm, I mean, there's some of us in the pit. Well, there's some people in the pit, too, that might be, you know, over the age of 30. That might just be like, okay, we need a break. Okay. So then, so then they get the breaks. They're in some more of the malak stuff. They can take a, you know the two minute break before the breakdown, and they're still me in the pick going, "Who's hit me? Come on!" <laughs> what I, I well, I can't help it. I see a mosh pit. I'm like a little kid on Christmas. It's just like <gasps> if it starts dying, I'm like I must bring the energy back. You love the high energy shows. <clears throat> no, oh god, absolutely. I mean, uh, the last show I saw before we recorded this was uh, the Slar to Prevail show. Where it was just them for an hour, and oh, yeah, that's there was, crazy. Yeah, it was just yeah mayhem the whole entire way through, and I'm just like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, it's probably insane. I haven't followed them in quite a while, um, but that band is nuts. 
It's just, it, nuts, high energy, nonstop, and you know, Alex Terrible sounds like a, the most, the closest thing we're ever going to hear to an actual demon is going to be his vocals, so. Yeah, he's crazy. I was kind of hoping he was going to jump in the pit with us, though. I'm like, now that would have been something to say, I'm off with Alex Terrible, or I got hit in the face by him. How cool is that? <laughs> Or if I said I not, if I got a chance to like, you know, oh, you know, you know, he started, <laughs> she started throwing shoulders at people and I got a chance. I knocked him over. I'm like, I knocked over a dude who wrestles bears for fun. I he might kill me though. <laughs> it's like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I forgot he did that video really wrestling a bear. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, oh, did you really wrestle a bear? Then they did a whole behind the scenes video of him actually wrestling the bear. It's like, oh shit. Okay. So that you guys might need to get like a whole entire uh, like a video back screen of you guys rest. Oh, that'd be kind of funny if you guys did like a back screen of that and just like had fun with it and had like you wrestling like had you wrestling Jake in a bear suit. <laughs> yeah, I'll just wrestle my dog. He's like just tiny guy. It's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, but of course, you know, with it being a tiny dog at the end of the video, like especially if you guys have a video screen by you, like at the end of the song. The video, you just have to be like laying on the ground dead and have your dog like kind of like stand on top. You're just looking like, what do I do? Who's next? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, people get, a, I mean, that's kind of what bring the energy. I feel like people get a, you know, kick, get a, you know, good kick out of that. That's just kind of the, you know, the energy I'm feeling right now from that one. Just, it'd be kind of fun or add that to a music video as well. If you guys are just going to go with something absolutely ridiculous for a concept. Yeah, actually my dog, when he was a puppy, he's in one of our guitar playthrough videos. I feel like if you if you put if you just randomly like came into some more of those playthrough videos and you guys like made like you know some like the TikTok short Instagram reel comment off of it, yeah, you see the dog come through. Just what if? Because if, you, if your dog is small enough, what if you did the guitar playthrough and you just kind of like put the dog in your like sweatshirt, you zipped it up so it looks yeah, like that's what dog. we did. He's oh, in, nice. Yeah, and he was like a couple weeks old when I got him, and he's in one of the old guitar videos. He's in there twice. He's in uh, the sweatshirt. Who's got like the hood on in one of the parts, and then he shows up. He's like sitting on a chair. We put this gigantic sombrero over top of him. Say, <laughs> <clears throat> so as we get closer to Christmas, you might want to do another one of that, but put like a little Santa hat on him. Yeah, he's he's much larger and more obnoxious now. So I don't know if he'll I don't know if he'll cooperate anymore. He might. You never know. Give it a shot. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it does, it does. And you never know. You might have a crazy, you know, playthrough video with your dog wearing a Santa hat. And you never know, like, especially just like just the visual of that. You know, we were talking about, you know, social media presence, staying in the cultural zeitgeist of, of the fans, staying in their attention. You see a dog. It's like, OK, I want to go check this out. A dog guitar playthrough. What? And then just going nuts. Be kind of funny. Not going to lie. Yeah, everyone loves dogs. Everyone loves dogs. I mean, who, whoever, whoever had a bad day when they saw a dog and the dog was just super excited to see him. Like that just takes any bad day or any bad moment away. I mean, just scroll sure. through, like scrolling through your Instagram feed, scrolling through TikTok. All of a sudden, <clears throat> they see the guitar play through with the dog. It's just like, oh, that's so cool, cute. That's so nice. That's so much fun. I like this. I'm gonna check out this aphasia band and see what's up. It works sometimes. If it if it works, it works, man. I mean, you never know. If you guys do it with like Afterlife, you might even get more uh, more streams and more intrigue and more attention out of that single than than before. You never know. I mean, I'm just throwing out ideas here right now, man. I'll consider it. All righty. 
That's what I was hoping for. I do want to jump a little bit, though, into Afterlife, though, into the whole entire idea around the song, because that's one thing that I really like to do and just, like, really go in deep with it. And when it came to you guys writing Afterlife, it looked like, and it's from what I was reading about it, what you guys put on, like, a press release, it looked like this song really went deep into, like, some personal stuff for you guys. If you don't want to get too personal with it, I totally understand, but, like, what was the idea around Afterlife? What was the concept around it? What was the inspiration around it? And why did you guys write it the way you did? Um, my best friend died, um, uh, in December last year. And that is what afterlife is about. So <clears throat> it's not too crazy of a concept. It's pretty straightforward. Um, my friend died and that was kind of like how I dealt with it and got through the whole time. So, um, there's not too much more to the story, I guess. Um, going into like the video, um, the video, I guess, was like the scenery was just kind of like what I had <clears throat> envisioned. There wasn't like a really like cool backstory about it. The The angel in the video is my wife, and we dressed her up as the statue that's on the album artwork that I did. And that was just kind of a symbolism of my friend, really. Okay, I, I see you're coming from there. I mean, it's always it's always gonna be a tough time going through something like that. And because when I was looking through it and just kind of understanding, because I was picking up that, of course, reading the press release as well. And while I was listening to the song and while I was get, like writing out my whole entire thing, I'm not going to I'm a big We Came as Romans fan. I got the big banner right back there. Yeah, so especially with, especially with Dark Bloom releasing and everything that that album was about, I'm like, okay, I'm connecting with this song on so many different levels. A lot of it, you know, inspiration from that, just being in that mindset of losing a friend and just the process of, you know the going through the grief process recovering from the grief process and do whatever you can to make sure that their memory lives on through you on as long as you can go on basically yeah i definitely um i haven't listened to we came as romans in quite a while um i need to check that new record out i'll say che definitely check it out because like kind of like the first i mean the first half of the album like the first four songs they released as singles and it's kind of like, that means one goes really hard, which I really like the titular song I'm a big fan of. But then once you get to the fifth song, it's uh, called Golden. Like they start to get really, really specific with what they went through. And then like the, like songs five all the way to the back last song through uh, song number 10, promise you, like they really dive deep in the whole entire mindset around it and like what they went through. So if like you check it out, cause you might see some parallels between what they went through losing Kyle and what you did with the loss of your best friend. Yeah. I definitely would love to check it out. It sounds like it's on my alley, but I, I, feel, I feel like it definitely would be. Yeah. I'll listen to it. Bring another person back on the We Came as Romans train. Woohoo. <laughs> have to send that one to sharp tone and be like, Hey guys, can I get We Came as Romans on the podcast? Now we, we got, we got more people <laughs> on this. Hey, give it a shot. You never know what'll happen. Never know what'll happen, but I think another thing too, especially if, you know, when it comes to afterlife, when it comes to, you know, the content that you were talking about as well with the playthroughs, with going a little bit deeper into the song, if you do that a lot for afterlife and you start to go a little bit deeper, I mean, you know, not super specific, but like just open up about it, open up about like kind of what the inspiration was like you just did. I feel like a lot of people are going to want to listen to it more and connect with it more because people have gone through those it's like something similar you know not the exact same thing but have gone through similar instances and they'll be able to take a look at the song and listen to it and put themselves in that situation and potentially learn more about themselves feel more and go through those emotions and discover certain things 
that have made them, you know, maybe stronger through that process of grief that may have, you know, they may have not noticed or just bring back those positive memories of their friends, other families, other uh, lost ones that, you know, maybe they had never really thought about. And this song and just kind of like being able to dive deeper into that meaning and really feel that inspires them to just kind of bring back the memory of their friends, of their family members, of their lost ones, just like back in the foray and really take that positivity and bring it back into the uh, back in the world once again. <clears throat> yeah, we've always been very open about our lyrical content. It's kind of like our message as a band. Um, most of our stuff is <clears throat> about situational, uh, you know, issues and grief and stuff like that. We've like I said, we've always been pretty open about that. And it's good to be open about that if it's going to be healthy for you guys as well, just because one, it's going to allow people to get more into the band Two, It's going to allow people to connect more with it because when it comes to songs, it's, you know, when it comes to the message, of course, we're going to understand the message, but we're going to be, we're going to want to take our lives and put them into that song as well. So we can relate to the message more. And then that's where those songs get a lot more that like deeper emotional connection within ourselves. So by you guys doing that, it allows people to, have a much more open time and just a lot easier and a lot more accessible for them to, you know, potentially get into aphasia. And on top of that, feel those emotions once again. Yeah, for sure. It, it does a lot. And even like when you like listening to the song too, cause I've got a whole entire like three page Microsoft word document <laughs> with notes on the whole entire song, like opening with that piano rift really creates that connection between this a more emotional like tie into the song without really going off the deep end like i've seen some songs and heard some songs do in the past it's just the way that you guys created that piano riff because what you're talking about what you guys were talking about in such a prominent capacity like you guys have done this song having that opening with that piano riff really plays in the idea of this emotion i mean i thought it was a smart move and again it didn't go <laughs> off the deep end with it like it opened it up to such a great capacity so that when we're listening to the song, we hear that we know where the connotations from that piano riff is coming from. And it just allows us to open up to the song emotionally. Once the first, once we start for, uh, listening to it as a listener from ourselves. I appreciate that. It's actually really funny that you say that. Cause we had no intention of the song starting with piano. <laughs> um, the piano is actually um, the guitar, the tapping lead that I play throughout the chorus it's that that's what the intro is and we just put it into piano to see if it would sound cool and it just kind of stayed there we actually never meant for it to, the original version of that song did not have that there um i don't remember if it started just with um like the lead in of jake's voice there or if it was just, i don't it might have been like a weird swell or something but yeah it was never actually there <laughs> That's actually kind of like creepy and wacky and funky though, because just the way that like, not only just, you know, the fact that it wasn't there, but then when it was creative, like how you created that riff, it was something that you guys already had in the song. You're just like, oh, we're going to do this with the piano and see how it sticks. But again, it's by using that. I mean, I've, again, I've seen bands go off the deep end with that, where it just really goes way, way, way too far. It opens up too many things emotionally. And it's just, once you start to get into the actual song, it's like everyone's still focused in on that piano riff. No, what you guys did with it here, especially with it being that, you know, very similar to that guitar that you had done later in the song. Once we listen to that later, once we get to that part of the song, it's, we're still feeling that emotion. Like that emotion connectivity is subconsciously in our brain because we've heard that same melody come through. We've heard that same riff come through, but now you're playing it on guitar. It's a different feeling that comes through with us. However, it also just, you know, keeps that connection going. It keeps the song, it keeps the song flowing. It keeps the song fresh and it doesn't let it get to a step point where it's like, okay, 
Now we're kind of slowing down. We're getting to a stop point. Now we got to restart once again. No, it just keeps it flowing, but it opens up that emotional capacity for us so well where, I mean, I had to say something about it. I couldn't help myself. Well, appreciate that. Like I said, thank you. Oh, you are very welcome. And of course, right after I'm like wondering, okay, how's this song going to, you know, turn out a little bit more so. And then right when you got into that first verse, it was like a heavier melodic metalcore style. Drums and guitars really work that, like that deeper tone, but I really like the construction with going more of a melodic tone and melodic flow right after that piano riff, just because it allows that piano riff to continue to build and allows that emotion to continue to build, especially with that more melodic flow. But it also is that nice transition to the point where it's like, okay, you guys want to go heavier, you guys want to go faster, whatever you guys need to do here, you're absolutely able to do that. You're allowing the flow of emotion to really continue to fly through here. And it's not like you're going from like one spot and you're quickly jumping to the other. It's you're able to make that transition, but you're able to do it so like congruently within itself with that first verse after that piano riff. Like it just works. Like you're not missing out on any emotion here. Thank you. Yeah, we. I was hard to write that one. I got stumped a few times trying. There's a lot in that song uh, instrumentally. Like <clears throat> there's a lot in there. Actually, um, we. I struggled really bad trying to like. I don't know, put it together where it was like not too much, but enough. And actually another funny part of that writing that the, <laughs> the section before the last breakdown, when it switches into a three, four count that actually was never there either until like right before we sent it out to get mixed. That was just like a very last minute. Uh, we thought I was missing something and I put it in there and it worked. That was a piece that I actually really liked as well because, like, especially, like, coming off the course, well, like, it had this continuation of the emotional toll and grief, but it also kind of changed it up just a little bit to so the point where it's, you know, we're still feeling that emotion the a very similar way, but we're feeling a different feeling right before we get into that breakdown that's heavier, has that kind of chunkier feel to it, and it just really takes the whole entire song to a perfect spot as we exit it because the guitar tone just continue to match throughout. So we're still feeling that emotion. It gets heavier. You guys are constantly going through different fe like feelings of this emotion, but you guys aren't staying within the exact same flow of it. You're not continuing to have it be like, it's the same kind of emotion over and over again. And it grows and it shrinks. It's like, okay. And the first verse has more of that melodic tone. You get to the second verse and you just say, fuck the melodic stuff. And you bring in this much faster pace to it. Now it's we're feeling something completely different. That emotion is still there. But now we're going to a different piece of that whole entire grief process. Get to the chorus. And it's more consistent flowing with more of that melodic flow. Already, now we're really starting to feel it. You're going from all these different places. But the fact of the matter is, because of how those this, these tones and how these sounds are really connecting with the emotion of the song, nothing seems out of place. Everything goes from one spot to the next in sometimes a chaotic way. But it feels like it's the right way to go about it. Thank you. Yeah, the song changes pace a lot. And and it brings the energy to <laughs> it. See, it's kind of like a because it kind of might be part of like, you know, like emotionally, like, you know, I'm kind of feeling like especially the most recent Devil Wears Prada record. I'm like, I'm feeling a lot of that coming through on this song. But the chaos of it with all those different changes of pace, all those different changes of like, are we going heavy? Are we going more melodic? Are we just going faster? What's going to be going on here? it goes really well in explaining and kind of giving you that feel of just the manic, you know, emotions that you can feel during the grief process. What starts out with that, what comes through over the next couple of months or maybe the next couple of years, even it's just, there's so much there that 
I think people can really relate to in this song and really understand the feeling of based off of how you guys constructed this, how these different patterns change, how these different paces change, how you go from melodic to fast pace, all of a sudden you go even more melodic, then you get to the breakdown, which is just bringing more of that heaviness to the forefront. There's so much going on here, but it allows us to really feel all the emotions around there. So you really did a fantastic job capturing that. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> so that was like, that was definitely one thing I wanted to bring up on this because if people hadn't heard about this song or if like, Oh, you know, we want to go check it out. Let, let me put it this way. You're going to want to go check it out. You're going to want to actually, you know, take this whole entire thing in, enjoy the ride, like really feel the emotion. But then when you see a phase alive, trust us or trust me on this one. We're going to go smashy, smashy, mashy, mashy to this one. And if you see me in the pit, we're definitely going smashy, smashy, mashy, mashy. Well, hopefully we'll get out your way uh, next year. Hoping we're going to get out more Midwest. So maybe you can. Maybe if I, if I see you guys having a chance and I get a chance to make it out there, you you better believe I'm going to make it out there. If you see the crazy guy in a Milwaukee Brewers hat in the middle of the pit, it's like, who the hell is this guy? He's not leaving the pit. It's Kevin. Yep. It's going to be me. I'd be like, all right, how's it going? I'm looking forward to it. We were supposed to play Chicago um, um, in August. We were supposed to play Chicago in August. Uh, we ended up dropping the last like two dates of that tour, so we didn't play there. But um, we should be there again soon. Hopefully, you guys are because Chicago is one of those cities where it's like I'm, I look at I look at the I look at the whoever's playing there. I'm like, do I want to go? Do I not want to go? Oh, it's on a Tuesday, so I'm still going. <laughs> Yeah, we should be out there. Um, probably, I would think, in like hopefully by the summer, maybe the fall, sometime next year, we'll be in Chicago. Hopefully, or maybe even, you know, possibly just start driving a little further north, go 90 miles north, play in Milwaukee, and all of a sudden I'll, I'll bring as many people as I can. Um, yeah. Um, I think it's in the plans. I don't, I've never been to Milwaukee. I've been to Chicago once. Um, so I don't know how far apart they are. But like I said, we're trying to get more Midwest through, <laughs> throughout next year. So um, I think we should be out there at some point. Yeah, because I was going to say, d- between like downtown Milwaukee and downtown Chicago, like they're 90 miles apart. So, oh, yeah, like, that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, like, because I went to go see that Slarts Prevail show. I went, it was in uh, just on the north side of, of Chicago. I got home in less than an hour and a half later. Oh, yeah, that's not bad at all. Granted, I probably was, you know, going 15, 16 miles over the speed limit, but, you know, yeah. that was just a suggestion. I, I wanted to get home, so I was like, here we go. Hey, it's only illegal if you get caught. Speedy. Yeah, pl- pl- plus adrenaline from shows. It's kind of hard to actually like, go the speed limit at that point because you're just amped up. You're feeling the energy. You're still feeling it. It's just like, drive the speed limit. This is going too slow. Ah! I heard that. We've had a lot of really long drives where we felt like that. So you're saying like you're potentially coming out here this way in 2023. What are the plans for you guys going into next year as, you know, we're getting close to the end of 2022 and we're going to be looking closer to 2023 and what's going to be going on there. So what is the plan for the band? What are the plans for aphasia going forward for the next year? <coughs> um. We are done with shows for the year. Um, we've got some cool stuff planned, though. So we'll be writing, be writing for the next month or so. Um, working on album two. We're pretty far into it so far. Uh, we've got another thing on top of that that we've been working on that will start coming out before album two, which is exciting. Um, we're tracking 
we have studio time next month actually like a month and maybe a week from now so we'll be in the studio for like a couple days next month working on stuff and then we've got a really cool show at home planned for sometime next year and we've got one tour booked for next year so far and really i think we're just going to focus on getting as much writing done between now and spring as we can because we're trying to tour as much as we can from spring through the rest of the year all right understandable now i'm going to ask you i'm going to ask you this question i'm not sure what you're able to divulge so i'm going to ask this in the most teaser way possible when it comes to that tour that you booked i'm not going to ask who you booked it with i'm not going to ask for the dates i'm going to ask this is what i'm going to ask what regions of the country can we expect to see you in uh i don't actually even know yet (laughs) our (laughs) our agent just gave us the dates and was like can you guys be available and we said yeah so um we're not entirely sure it'll get posted eventually we'll let you know it'll get posted eventually let you know because i mean the last thing i want to do is like you know oh can you break the news now no if you can't break news, i don't want to put you guys in that position i do want to try and ask it in the most teaser way possible so it's like it could happen you never know just get excited about it kind of thing you know yeah i i don't even know what i would be able to say to being this early but i actually i don't even know myself so gotcha but we do we can expect you know you guys are working on album number two you guys are working on music there and working on something else that's going to be special coming out during that time or before the album comes out as well. So if it's special and super secret, you guys might want to like post online all of a sudden, like just big sheets, like, you know, top secret. It's like, well, what's behind the curtain? Who yeah, knows? We'll, we'll have a lot more news about stuff. I think as we get into the turn of the year, I think everything's going to be kind of silent for the next month or two. Just like I said, as we like, get into finishing writing and studio and next year um i'd say probably early next year we'll start announcing some stuff well that makes a lot of sense too especially like thinking about it this way you guys have the studio time booked and you guys have the writing sessions booked so focus in on the writing focus in on that aspect of it especially if you guys don't have any more shows for 2022 and then when 2023 rolls around especially for that first part of the year because when it when, like when it comes to January, especially in like the scene that we're in, January is a huge dead space. So if you guys are able to find a way to populate that dead space, I mean, it's gonna be something that's really gonna st- it's gonna be something that's really gonna stand out. It's like you know, p- even though you know it's cold outside, people still would want to go to shows. People are gonna be tired sitting inside, and hey, people are gonna have to work off all that you know stuff they all the all the weight they gained from Christmas. Mosh pits are perfect places to do it. You push people. It's a cardiovascular. You sweat a lot. There what better go. place to work off, you know, all the Christmas turkey? There you go. Might have to, like, make a whole entire, like, merch line off that, like, all of a sudden. All righty, mosh pits in January. Working off that Christmas food. Yeah. <coughs> and if you I guys, res- you. I'll say, if you guys take that merch line, I'll say this. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't think we're doing any new merch for a while either. We just put out a bunch of flags based around Afterlife, which is really sick. Um, but I don't think we're doing any more merch drops for the year. Now that I think about it. We talked about doing something special for winter. We have for the last couple of years we put out stuff for winter, but we've done so much merch this year that we just we're, <laughs> we're not gonna do anymore, I don't think. 
just want, want to take a break and just kind of, again, focus in on 2023, focus in on the next year, especially with the last, you know, couple, last two months of 2020, uh, of 2022, focus in on the writing portion of it, focus in on that, really get into the headspace you want to be in that and be the most creative as possible that you can without any other distractions and just taking the time and really focusing in and enjoying that process as well. Yeah, for sure. See, now, now that makes a lot of sense. So for everyone listening, when it comes to aphasia, yeah, enjoy Afterlife right now. Enjoy it. Stream the hell out of it. Watch the music video. Do everything you can to it. it Please it, do that. <laughs> and even though they're not going to have any more merch up, so if there's still some merch hanging around there for aphasia, yeah, go go pick some of that up. You know, they're going to be writing new music. So There's you wanna... tons of merch in our merch store right now. You can buy anything that you want. And it's actually all sitting right there, like two feet behind me. Well, shoot, you know, hey, why, why don't we make this a, like a nice Christmas thing? Let's declutter Ryan's area right now. Let, let's buy all the merch. <laughs> let's declutter. Let's get it out of there. And then, you know, while he's writing music, all of a sudden, boom, that's your Christmas money right there. And traveling money and anything else you need for the band money. Yeah, I don't get to really touch any of that money. That just goes right back into our band's account. Well, that'll that, that'll be saved for you know touring and uh, gas and uh, Bucky's merch because you always got to stop at a Bucky's when you're when you're Dude, traveling. Dude, right? we went to Bucky's for the first time and we were on tour in August this year. So sick! Totally lives up to the hype. Oh yeah, I went down to uh, Welcome to Rockville this year, and one of my friends wanted to stop at Bucky's like crazy. I'm like, what the hell is Bucky's? Never Dude, heard it's of it. So sick. Walked in there and just, oh, this is beautiful. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's awesome. I love it there. I really want to go back. I can't wait for next year. Oh yeah, it's like no mat. It's like you guys are gonna be driving all of a sudden. You're gonna see the sign that says like for the Bucky's gas station. It's gonna be like Bucky's gas station, 120 miles away. It's like we know where we're stopping. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Oh Just yeah, say, no question. Well, and and hopefully your band account doesn't get drained with you guys buying all the uh, all the fresh brisket, the the beaver bits, and uh, as much Bucky's merch as possible. But if hey, if, you, if you if you lose like you know a towel, if you lose a blanket or whatnot, hey, they got you covered. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> should I, I should now have a thing like this podcast is sponsored by Bucky's, but I don't think that's gonna happen yet. That would definitely turn some heads for you. That that would, and I'm and like the amount of bands I know that absolutely love Bucky's, like. You know, that gives me an idea. I might have to, I might have to run with something like this. I'm starting to think. Bring, start making this massive campaign. Bucky's sponsoring the Corporation Podcast. Come on, you know you want to, and just start making a bunch of random Bucky's memes, and just start randomly bringing up like just you know asking every band. Now, what was it like going to Bucky's for you guys? It might work. <laughs> Free publicity for sure. Free publicity, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know. Hopefully get sponsored by them. It's like, yeah, keep talking about Bucky's, keep sponsoring Bucky's. And well, you know, we'll give you cheaper gas and be like, but the closest Bucky's to me is in Kentucky. Like, oh, I, I didn't even know they had them in there. I didn't even know they had them in Kentucky. They got like one in Kentucky and that's it. I mean, I'm as far away from a Bucky's as possible. I, 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 I'm i in the land of Quick Trip. That's about it. Hey, me too, man. I live in almost Canada, so. So, yeah, well, Bucky's, where the weather is warm in the winter. And it's way too humid in the summer. Bucky's. Yep. Also, damn good brisket. Well, Ryan, as we bring this podcast to conclusion, one thing I like to do is give my guests, which is you in this instance, a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote the episode. So, my friend, the floor is yours. Um, 
<laughs> God, I just want to stop coughing. So that'd be great. Um, I appreciate you having me on here. Um, anyone that's listening, you can find my band at whatever whatever social platform all of our hashtag or all of our handles are aphasia official uh merch is the same thing and then if any of our accounts have a link tree attached to them and you can get all of our stuff from that account as well well done well i'm in this podcast with three things so first things first yeah ryan just where you can find a phase where you can find them on the social media accounts whatever one you want whatever one you prefer where you can find them online you know watch the youtube videos where you can buy some merch, stream all the music, all that good kind of stuff, even for the link trees and whatnot. However, instead of actually having to be like, oh, do I have to search something myself? Hell no, I'm gonna do the work for you. So go to the script for the podcast. It's gonna say find aphasia online. There's gonna be links for everything and labels to go along with those links. So you know what link is which. On top of that, just click on it. It'll take you right there. It's a click, a like, a click, a share, a click, subscribe, a click, a, a stream, a click, a, you know, buy a t-shirt, click, you know, buy some more stuff uh click and just support them in any way possible i'm doing all the legwork for you guys okay i love that we're, we're gonna do as, as much as possible all you gotta do is go down click and do your thing so now it's time for number two so ryan whenever i guess in the podcast i enjoy in the podcast i tend to make a certain promise and yeah and everyone's hit on this promise so far you my friend are continuing that trend. So this is not a promise of if, if implies that this might not happen. And fuck that. I do not want that to be the case. When is going to be this one? When stating, yeah, this is going to happen. We just don't know the day or the time yet. So when I get to see you guys perform live for the first time as a way to say thank you and a way to say I would like to continue to support the band. So when I get to see you live for the first time, I promise you is this, my friend. First round's on me. I love that. Yes. Yes. For, and now it's time for number three. And Ryan, I can't say goodbye on this podcast, man. I hate saying goodbye. It's way too final. It's like, yeah, this is going to be it. And I want to continue to support the band. I got to make good on that promise. And when you guys are ready to release that new record, come on back. Let's do this again. All right. We'll leave it at to see you later then. That works. Absolutely. We'll leave it at that. So, Ryan, I'll see you later. Thank you. Well, folks, that's my interview with Ryan from the band Aphasia from Rochester, New York. Once again, if you like Modern Metalcore, if you like this interview, go make sure you follow along with Aphasia on all their social media platforms. Make sure you go and stream Afterlife and, of course, the Rebirth LP, which is already out from last year. And go pick up some merch and go support them. All links for Aphasia in the description of the podcast, link samples there for everything. So you have no excuse to not get in this band, not follow along with these guys. It is all there for you. Also, make sure you're subscribed and follow along with the Corporate Edge Podcast and all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for your pleasure. We also are on YouTube where you can watch all of these interviews. You can listen to Spotify, Podcasts, Aereo, Amazon, and whatever else you know place that we are. Thank you, Britain Media, for helping us out with that. I mean, audio stream-wise this year, are we going to hit 100,000 this year for all-time downloads? Yeah, we are. It even look like we're going to get close to that at the beginning of the year. But, whoo, thank you, Mr. Noah Britton. If you want to subscribe to this podcast, or if you're already subscribed to this podcast, you're going to hit that subscribe button. Thank you very much. This is, like, my favorite thing in the world. This, concerts, mosh pits, everything around here. I get energized from this like crazy. So, thank you for helping us. Thank you for supporting me. Um, if you're not going to subscribe, you're like, I don't want to. Please reconsider. If not, thanks for stopping by anyway. Appreciate having you on. Hopefully, you subscribe in the future. Again, thank you, Manscaped, for sponsoring the podcast. Twenty percent off and free shipping using the code CPP at Manscaped.com. Link description of the podcast. Probably got some Christmas stuff for you guys to go check out. So go get something for the person in your life that needs to help a grooming down there. Thank you, Ryan, for being on the podcast. Can't wait to meet you in person. Can't wait to throw down your show. On top of that, man, I hope you're feeling better right now. Go get to writing. It's a blast talking with my man. On that note, that's going to be for me today, guys. Thank you for watching, listening to the Chord Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every-
every single way. Live the big, healthy, and hearty. See ya! Yeah!